morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour live on this hump day. Yes, we're we're halfway through the week. It is June the 21st. It is hotter than H-E double hockey sticks out there. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but it's close, at allamericangold.com. That's where you get the news to disturb the comfortable, the videos, the articles, all of it, the, the podcast, the Facebook, the Twitter, you name it. The most interactive gold company in the world today, and nobody does it better than us. And uh, I say that with all humility, and obviously we've been doing this a very, very long time. Uh, has to be one of the longest-running shows. You know, we've been on the air in Colorado for over the whole time we've been a company. What, we're year 22, 23, and really, Eric was on the air even before that with the late, great Dr. Norm Resnick. Uh, and we've been on here in Phoenix in, in uh, 1010 now. Uh, man, probably pushing 10 years, maybe more. It's incredible. And, of course, all of that due to you guys because this is what keeps us going. When you order from us, uh, that's what keeps the lights on, and we put it back where we found it. Again, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. So much to talk about. You know, I did want to... I was curious yesterday why it is that planes couldn't take off in the heat. And and uh, so I looked it up for, you know, curious people. The great thing about the Internet, hey, just look it up. It actually has, it's not the heat. It's the density of the air. And apparently, well, I guess the heat plays a role in that. The hotter it gets, apparently the thinner the air is. So it's kind of like Wall Street and all these people, the Federal Reserve, right? They're full of a bunch of hot air, right? And it's starting to get real thin out there. Matter of fact, another, this one was a, a renowned Wall Street bull uh, coming out this morning talking about just how thin it really is. But it's the thin air that makes it harder to take off and land safely for those smaller jets. Apparently the bigger jets, it's okay, but the smaller ones, not so much. That's what keeps some of the planes grounded. Uh, by the way, man, was it, it was a, it was hot. And it was kind of muggy, which is a little bit unusual here in Phoenix. Another pretty hot day. I don't think it's going to quite be as hot today, only like 117 or 118. I think they said yesterday officially was 119. The fourth highest in recorded history here in Phoenix. Uh, the highest was, of course, that one day was 122 degrees like 30 years ago. Uh, but but uh, nonetheless, nobody was out there. I, I was My youngest son had a basketball game, and I don't know why. We seem to get these 9 o'clock games. Don't these people know? Parents got to work in the morning. 10 o'clock. We had to drive all the way out to the Tempe Mesa border for a 9 o'clock basketball game for freshmen, right? This is a freshman basketball game. 
You know, you would think you'd put the older kids in. Like my my older son, he can drive himself. <laughs> Nine o'clock, forget it. I'm not going out there. Right? We we didn't get home. It was ten fifteen before I even got home. I don't know what these people. Who makes these schedules? Don't. Well, you know what? I guess that's it. No one really works anymore. So what? What does it matter? Uh, what time they have a freshman high school basketball game? Uh, but nobody was out there. And it, it was it was kind of scary. You know, you're driving down. We got great freeways here. We really do. If you've ever been to this town, most people that come from out of town do make that one comment a lot. Hey, wow, man, your freeways are great. Of course, you don't want to be on the 10, at, well, pretty much any time near downtown, uh, all the way up to about all the way up to about the 101. That's bumper to bumper, but everywhere else it's pretty good. But it was, it was like one of those, you know, those movies where the zombie apocalypse happens, <laughs> and there's nobody anywhere. That's kind of what it felt like last night. We were coming home. It was ten o'clock at night. My wife's car said it was a hundred and eight degrees at ten o'clock last night. So if I'm, I'm a, if I'm a little punch drunk, then, then you'll know why. Uh, but we got a lot of ground to cover. We had a some economic data out on existing home sales and why wow, I I just don't know who can actually afford to buy these things I'll tell you about that do we have potentially a deal in Illinois are they going to get a budget done maybe maybe not but I do know will the last person in Illinois Please turn out the lights because, well, like I told you, Illinois is nothing but a Ponzi scheme. And what do you got to do in any good Ponzi scheme? You got to have that new money coming in. And according to uh, the latest, the governor of Illinois, a Republican, may be ready to wheel and deal, which means all the residents of Illinois, congratulations. Let me tell you what you want. You've won the ability to have more money separated from your wallets. I'll tell you what at least they're saying may be the framework for the possibility of something getting done. And I want to I tell you, get ready. Because this is coming everywhere. Patriot Radio News Hour. Got a great show for you. Don't touch that dial. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. You know, we set a record for electricity demand. Uh, it was, I think, the five to six o'clock hour last night. And I'll just—I don't know why. I just had this horrible thought. Could, what if someone hacked the power grid? <laughs> Could you imagine what it had been like yesterday? <laughs> It would have made what happened in New Orleans look like child play. People would be losing their minds. I don't know why I thought about that. Well, let's not talk about that. And then, you know what, I think it was because I saw, I don't know, did you see the article that uh, the Yosemite area got hit with like 200 little tremors the other day where the super volcano is? I don't know, it's got me all creeped out. I try not to read that stuff because I'm like, man, you know eventually it's going to happen, right? You just never know when. Uh, Illinois. You know, we've been talking about Illinois. 
and and the problem. And the problem is, right, there's no good solution. Right? You've extended and pretended. You know, we, we shared the article about Phoenix, right? We've got a budget deficit. And, and you'd be shocked, right? How can that be? Right? How can it be that we've got a budget deficit in Phoenix and yet there it is and their solution? Hell, let's just not pay the pension. <laughs> right? Right? We'll worry about that one, you know. In Phoenix, that problem, you know, that's probably still five, six, seven, eight years away if we're lucky. Let's not pay that so we can be just like Illinois. Bruce Rayner or Rahner or however you pronounce his name, he's the governor. He spent a chunk of his personal fortune running for governor of Illinois in 2014. You think he regrets that? <laughs> what was I think he was uh, um, some type of private equity guy, right? Of course, right? Some Some type of... Wall Street uh, paper trader. Uh, my guess is, since he's in Illinois, he's probably in the the CME and uh, complex. And to save Illinois from its tax and spend political class, more than two years later, not looking so well. Last night, the governor with the worst job in America. Right. See, I mean, there's a lot of bad jobs out there. I can really think of a few right here in Phoenix. Anybody that had to work outside yesterday, right? That's a pretty bad job, right? If you're out there moving furniture or working in the la- on landscaping or uh, sanitation, probably not a great job. But that's still better than being the governor of Illinois. He said that he will accept and trying to uh, fix the budget income. Now, remember, Illinois has already been two whole years without a budget. The new budget, the new fiscal year, starts on July the 1st. He said he'll accept a four year increase in the flat state income tax. You know what happens after four years? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what happens after four years. Yeah, there's going to be another increase. Right now, the tax is 3.75%, and it's a flat tax. So I'm assuming every resident of Illinois, when they do their taxes, goes to the state. That's going to go up a little bit. It's going to go from 375. I guess, uh, you know, he he didn't want it to start with a 5, so they went to 495 from 375. So almost, let's just call it what it is. 5% of your income will now go to the state of Illinois. It's about a 32% increase for those of you keeping score at home in the flat state income tax. Unfortunately, that's not nearly enough. They're going to, he's also going to agree. Now, this is, I don't know this for sure, but this is just what's being reported, what he's willing to agree to. 
a 32% increase in the state income tax, expand the state's sales tax, and by expand, you know what that, right? That's another word for increase, right? right? Increase the state's sales tax. Uh, they're still not done. Implement a cable and satellite TV tax. The one thing that he is, is sticking to is trying to put a freeze on property taxes. Let me tell you about a freeze. Here's the thing about freezes. Right, they unfreeze. But already, I think I got. I think Illinois is is the worst, the high, and by the worst, the highest in property taxes. So right now, the governor's willing to agree to an increase in three of the state's taxes. One's a brand new one, right? A cable and satellite TV tax. So I don't know what that'll add to your bill: a dollar, two dollars, three dollars a month whatever it may be if you're living in Illinois. An expansion of the sales tax, they didn't give any information. So I don't know how big of an increase. I do know a 32% increase in the flat income tax. So what would this do? So I was curious. I was like, okay, that's three more taxes. And remember what I said last week. The only reason why Illinois isn't already in junk status is their ability to tax. And this is how things slowly erode away for people. You know, when you're running, working so hard and you're running in place, all these people, how about everybody living in Illinois on a fixed income now, right? This is another, another blow. They're saying that Illinois, which now has over $15 billion in unpaid dues, here's what the temp, or the the tax increase is going to do. It will allow the state to reduce the backlog of unpaid bills. Not by $15 billion. They're hoping that it'll, it'll uh, take away about $4 billion of the unpaid bills because they're just going to borrow that money. That's their plan, is they're going to borrow it against the alleged tax, you know, well, not alleged, they're going to get some tax revenue to bring the unpaid bills back to $11 billion. Nothing in the bill is being proposed to deal with any of Illinois' biggest problems. So in other words, in order to just get a budget, which, by the way, I don't know if this will be enough to keep the lottery. Uh, those of you that, are, if you didn't hear the show the other day, the lottery is going to pull out of Illinois. The Powerball, the Mega Millions, right? That is 2% of the of the revenue for the state of Illinois. If the lottery still pulls out, the lottery said, without a budget, they're out. I don't know if this will be enough to keep them there, because the, the bigger problem is his proposal's uh, include none of the reforms Illinois desperately needs to complete. And it says it includes nothing on the right to work, nothing on workers' compensation reforms. It doesn't give local governments the collective bargaining reforms, and they have nothing in there to deal with the $130 billion 
in unfunded pension liabilities. Says the government's uh, capitulation had been triggered by the latest downgrades, blah, blah, blah. And they said that uh, the schools, and uh, by the way, just an update, because it, it is fun to watch all of this stuff. The schools have borrowed $17 billion through pension obligation bonds. Uh, since 2009, the state's bond rating has been downgraded 21 times. And it said, uh, well, that, that's it. That's what it said. Three more tax increases for Illinois that will do them absolutely nothing other than allow them to borrow some money uh, to pay $4 billion worth of stuff, which probably by this time next year we'll be right back. And then it kind of leads you scratching your head thinking, what are, what are we really going to do? What is really happening? You know, the the we heard from two more Fed governors yesterday, right? One of them, Rosengren, who is a, a huge rate hiker, right? He wants to hike rates, but he gave a great speech in Amsterdam yesterday. I wish they'd do the speeches here. I wish these speeches would be covered like the, uh, what I'll call the made-for-TV stuff that we get from Janet Yellen. You know, you do know that we're all being manipulated by them. Right? They have, the like, the press conferences and when they have the Fed governor. It's all made for TV. It's all watered down. They know they're on TV. They, they paint the best picture possible. And then you have to actually be sick enough in the head to keep up with their schedules and find out when they're giving these speeches somewhere, you know, whether it's in a, a small little town outside of St. Louis or if it's somewhere in Amsterdam or Australia or China, because that's when you actually get the real information. And and Rosengren, he wants to, he's been adamant. We're hiking rates four times. And I don't care what happens. Now, the sanitized version of that, and you can go and, and CNBC will have little press clips, you know, little video clips of it. Right? They'll cut out all the other stuff and they'll just do the, the, the part where he's talking about, yes, the economy, the economy can withstand four rate hikes. Giving you the illusion that he thinks things are really good. Yesterday we found out he's not raise, he doesn't want to raise rates because the economy's good. He wants to raise rates to get ready because the economy's starting to turn. And as he was arguing for these rate hikes, he put out a warning to all the insurance companies where all the annuities are at. Yeah, you may want to start lowering what you're promising. <laughs> right? You used to be, oh, I got this annuity, I'm going to get 8% a year for the rest of my life. Right now it's down to like, I think the best are probably down to about 6%, right? By, by the time uh, in the next 10 years, my guess is it'll probably be less than 4 if they're still around. And then this morning, 
uh, CNBC, and I normally don't listen to them uh, because I just I, I just don't. But David Rosenberg was on TV this morning, and uh, he was probably he's he's credited with being the first Wall Street guy. In 2008, he was coming out telling everybody, hey, the, the financial crisis has turned and, and everyone should take on more risk and everyone should buy stock. And he was right. And he was out on TV and he said, and I'm just going to quote to you what he had to say. As a matter of fact, you know what? We're, we're running up on the break. But here's another Wall Street analyst now saying, Things aren't quite what they appear to be. And another in a long list of you need to start getting ready, and this is what I've been telling you. Right, and I've been very adamant that we are going to see a big change in what is going to happen here in the United States. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll share Rosengren's thoughts when we get back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. It's time to remind ourselves of a very important fact. We shouldn't buy into the supposedly conventional wisdom that the left is winning the culture wars. We have watched for years as the national media, public schools, pop culture, and the Democrat Party manufactured an ugly and divisive warfare on traditional values, the sanctity of life, and gender. But after all of this, we have objective numbers that prove the youngest generation just isn't buying into liberal lies. Our latest proof arrives via our favorite fake news paper, The New York Times. The Times reported a recent poll saying millennials were supposed to be the generation that forged what has been called a new national consensus in favor of gender equality. But don't think for a second they are united. As a set of reports released in March by the Council on Contemporary Families reveals, fewer of the youngest millennials support egalitarian family arrangements than did the same age group 20 years earlier. In 1994, 42% of high school seniors believed that the best family was one with a man as the primary breadwinner and a woman as the homemaker. In 2014, that number increased to a whopping 58%. Also in 1994, 83% of young men rejected the idea of the husband as the primary source of income. Twenty years later, that number plummeted 30 points to just 55%, with the same number dropping 13 points amongst young women. What could account for this shift? It could partly be that the impulse of young adults to rebel against the power structure is coming back to bite the liberals who encouraged that behavior. Millennials are bullied by the left into thinking or behaving certain ways. It seems the millennials are pushing back. Young adults are the ones forced to deal most with the hateful, vulgar identity politics of radical liberalism. Even 20 years ago, radical feminism was unattractive, but in 2017, it's become more ugly, unreasonable, shrill, obnoxious, and plainly un-American than ever before. Numbers show that young people are tired of being bullied, and they are now turning to traditional values and common sense. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The hypocrisy and lies of the liberal media are alarming and even incite public unrest. But the fake news and the commentators who slant coverage are finally being exposed. At phyllisschlafly.com, we promise to provide timely alerts and take effective action on your behalf. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Before we get to Rosen, uh, Rosenberg, yesterday I ran a just a ridiculous special on U.S. $20 Liberties and St. Gaudens at $1,295, which I'm telling you right now, you don't want to pass it up. I still have some of those left. Silver. I've been pretty good with these silver calls. Again, I'm back to, I liked it, really liked it. Now I'm kind of in love with it. It's not stalker good, but close enough. U.S. Silver Eagles at $395 a roll. U.S. 20s. Uh, Liberties and St. Gaudens, $1,295. By the way, silver is up uh, $2.5. I'm sorry, gold is up uh, $2.5 at $1,244. Silver is at $16.40. 9510592 prepare cuz it's coming again remember how we got in trouble all the other times right it's it's a problem with the pricing of debt that's really the issue and when things get overpriced we have problems and they, they want to, the Federal Reserve's goal is to try to make nothing ever go down in value, right? And Rosenberg was out today, and here's what he, I'll just read what he said. Investors are taking on a lot more risk than they think. See, and this is the problem. By pouring money into U.S. equities, He says that the equity markets comes as an anomaly that continues in the marketplace. See, and again, and this is the thing, this isn't normal. This market's not normal. The P.E. ratios aren't normal. The reaction to the safe haven assets aren't normal. And guess what? They're going to come back to normal. He said that the anomaly continues in the market. Bond yields, a quote-unquote safe haven, we'll see you know, how safe they really are, just ask people that have Puerto Rico bonds or Illinois bonds. They have been falling while stocks have been rising. See, that doesn't happen. Normally, the bond market falls, and then the stocks, what, the stocks fall after. It's like Jack and Jill. 
right? They went up the hill, right? Jack fell down, right? Joe comes tumbling after. That's the correlation that he's talking about. We all have to make up our mind as to which of these two asset classes has the right story. Now, we can be like Bill Dudley, the New York Fed. I'm ignoring the bond market. Janet Yellen, I'm ignoring the bond market. Or is it Charles Evans in Chicago who said, you know what, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm done with these rate hikes. Or is it Rosengren who's like, well, we got to raise our rates because bad stuff's coming. And he said, it reminds me of the period in the fall of 2007 when the stock market was putting in a classic double top. They love that stuff, right? I mean, they just do. And, and mostly because, right, all this stuff's done by computers now. Everybody thought they were going to have the longest cycle on record. The bond market was telling you a different story altogether. This is not new. Matter of fact, when you really look at, at this relationship, it's actually maybe the strongest or the best indicator of what is going to happen when the bond market falls and flattens. It's kind of been the precursor to all the crashes. The 87 crash, right? The dot-com crash, the 01 crash, the 07 crash. He says that the bond market was telling a different story in a research note to his clients. He wrote, Mr. Market spent most of 2000 and most of 2007 in similar denial mode. Within a year, the recession hit both times. And I actually went back, and I know the same thing happened, 87, every time since. And really, I, I, I do most of my stuff, just so you know when I look at stuff, I don't go past 71. And I think most of you, if you've listened to uh, me talk at all, that's the really, we went full fiat, and that's when all the fun began. Right? We went from $400 billion of debt and, and uh Almost 200 years, 195 years to 20 trillion in the last, you know, 40 some. And you know the funny thing about the 400 billion? Outside of World War II, which was about uh, 200, I think we're at about 285 billion after World War II. The, the increase from 285 to 400 all occurred in the last few years of, of, of the 60s. The start of the Vietnam War and uh, the Johnson, the, the Great Society stuff. Right? All the stuff that we're, we're hemorrhaging over now. He says that the stock market is telling you 
that we're going to have a pickup in growth. I've been telling you all along, the real numbers don't support that. They haven't supported Matter of fact, growth has been gradually falling. We're on the third straight year. A reacceleration, he notes. So you can tell, right? He agrees with me, right? Somehow we're going to reaccelerate alongside pricing power. That's your inflation throughout most of the economy. He says that's what Wall Street is saying. What does he think about what Wall Street is saying? I'm going to give you that answer next. Take the time. Get prepared. All the signals are out there. You just have to look. Paper Radio News Hour. We'll be right back. So here we sit. And he comes out on TV today. Of course, he's already told his clients. Right, because by the time he's out on TV, it's already too late. Saying that the stock market is telling you that we're going to have a pickup in growth, a reacceleration, along with pricing power throughout most of the economy, he said. I think that really is going to be part of the story that has got a very low, odd scenario attached to it, right, of all the outcomes, he's like, this is the least likely, the one that we're living in right now, and really, when you start thinking about it, they ignored the same signals, and it's their history, right, and they keep coming up, we can't see a bubble, it's so hard, we don't know how to, how to forecast them, we don't know how to see them all. And yet here we have the greatest indicator of all, which is the safe assets. And then bonds aren't safe, but they're safer. They're falling while the stock market is rising. That's that's kind of one indicator. But the bigger one is they fall and then the yield curve gets crushed. Right? There's no real expanse in the curve between a one-year note, a two-year note, a five-year note, a seven-year note, a ten-year note, right? There's no money. Nobody really wants it, really. And he said, and he wrote to his investors, that another perfect storm is coming. The bond market is just responding to an economy that isn't really showing a whole lot of verve. And add in the inflation data that's coming in on the low side. So I don't think the bond market is telling you any inconsistent story here. If you're taking a look at who's the odd man out here, it seems to be the stock market action that we're seeing. And you start thinking about all of these signals. They're all right there. And then I go back to to Fisher, Fisher at the New York Fed. How we're ignoring it. I mean, that's what he said. 
We're ignoring it. Just like they ignored it in 07, just like they ignored it in 01, just like they uh, ignored it during the tech bubble, like the 87 crash, they ignored all of them. And then it's sitting right there in front of your face, and then you start, you know, hypothesizing about which outcome is going to be more likely. And really, when you think about it, the most likely outcome is the same outcome we had all the other times this happened. <laughs> right? Well, let's see. You know, it's kind of like the dentine gum, or the tri- is it dentine or trident? Trident, right? Four out of five dentists said, yeah, chewy trident's good. Right? Then you wonder who the fifth dentist is, right? Who's the fifth guy? Yeah, I'm not telling you who the fifth guy is. The fifth guy is the central bankers, right? The fifth guy is Janet Yellen. That's the fifth guy. What? No. I don't see anything. And this is why, you know, and it's funny because when you listen to these guys talk, and, and we've been hearing now, and you just you think about how big this list is starting to get now. These guys aren't just a little rich, right? They're, this is how they've become so rich, right? They become rich by doing right, and it's always what always happens. The last guy in is always the one that gets punished, right? And the last guy in is always us. And then they claim, oh, how did we know? And then you start, well, look at today's data. New or These were existing homes. They rose 1% in May, which I'll, I'll take that. I mean, they did lower last month, but that's okay. They rose 1% in May, and they, they said that the average price, right, here we go again, reached a new all-time high for an existing home. Right, think about the economy right now. It's not great. I, I actually could get it, right, in 04 and 05, even part of 06, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody was out there, right? The party was on, right? And you could kind of get the, the, the feel of, yeah, everything's at all-time highs. But today, but listen to this number, 252800 Hundred dollars for an existing home, right? An existing home, right? These are homes, right? 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 The the roof needs to get fixed, right? The AC's probably got to get replaced. The 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 water heater's going to go anytime, right? The air conditioner, you name it, right? All the maintenance, two hundred fifty-two eight, two hundred fifty-three thousand dollars. 70% of people with a job in America don't even make 50 grand. And so now you're sitting there and you're thinking the price was up 3.2% from April's price. It's up 6% from a year ago and you're like that doesn't work. If wages are they're not going up, right? If you're not, we, we've done this argument before. They keep trying, oh, yeah, wages are, but when you take away the, the top 1%, wages aren't going up. They're not. 
another one, right? What's the sign of a bubble? Right there, you got it. Right when prices rise to to levels that make no sense based upon the underlying fundamentals, and that's exactly what Rosenberg was talking about today. Patriot Radio News Hour final segment coming up. Final segment. I don't, you know, I don't know what else we can do to point it out. Either you're smart enough to get ready, or you're not, because it's happening all over again. Even today, number of of First-time homebuyers falling again, right? What do we got, investors, foreigners? We have no real market. No one can afford these prices, right? A new home, it's over 300000 I mean, it's ridiculous. And then you start looking at the, the we can't see a bubble, yet, well, the, the thing that, that's telling you one's coming, right, the yields in the bond markets, and you say, we're going to ignore it. <laughs> what do you think, what do you really think is going to happen? By the way, uh, I've been warning you about crude oil. Uh, down again today, uh, down over a dollar, uh, $42.50. Um, crude inventories just not falling enough. And really the problem is gasoline demand is off. Diesel demand is off, and uh, someone said I read somewhere. Somebody said the reason why gasoline demand is off is the illegals are afraid to drive now. <laughs> That's what they said. You know what? I'm going to say this: if the price would go back to a dollar a gallon, people would drive more. Of course, the problem is if it went back to a dollar a gallon, that means crude oil is back to about twenty bucks, and the whole the, with the last little. Hope and the economy goes under with it. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. $40 is going to be a, a critical level there. Uh, quick look here at the markets. The Dow uh, is down uh, about 55 points this morning. The S&P is down as well. Uh, gold's now up uh, 320, uh, 1244 and change. Um, silver's still at 1640. Listen, put them away. It got hot. It's summertime. I get it. You want to go on vacation, you're dreaming about a beach somewhere, get prepared. Take advantage of me allowing, you know what I want? I I mean, we can close, right? We can close and be done with it, right? And wait and get out of the heat and all that. I don't want to do that. So instead, I'm bringing prices way down. $20 Liberties and Saints at $12.95. I mean, you're, you're like, at 50 bucks over spot. Come on. U.S. Silver Eagles again. I, I'm at the Love It stage, right? I'm not. Re- I'm not stalking it, but I love it. Three three ninety five a roll at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. It's time, right? We we've had fun, right? They manipulated the market for a long time, right? Where they've increased all of the risk. Now think about this. I mean, really think about it. The Fed has raised rates three times since December. That's 75 basis points. The 10-year note is lower now than it was then. Matter of fact, 10-year note was falling again. You know, we, we, we're, we're at 215, right? Right? Two one zero is the low from last November before they started.
started raising the rates in December. And we've seen this exact scenario play out several times in the last 30 years. Unfortunately, every one of those times, that's been the precursor for what? The recession. The Federal Reserve raising rates while the bond market says everything is slowing down. Exactly what I've been telling. 800-951-0592. Take advantage of Double Wednesday. Call us. 